I'd like to thank KTMS 990 and Montecito Bank and Trust for making Scam Squad possible. I'm Patty Teal. And I'm Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson. Scam Squad is up next. Sound off. One, two. Sound off. Three, four. One, two, three, four. Scam Squad. Welcome to Scam Squad. I'm Patty Teal, and I'm here again with Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson to tell us about the latest frauds. And we have one of our very favorite regular guests with us today. Vicki, would you do the honors? I absolutely will, Patty. We're so happy to have here with us today criminologist Judy Christman Yates. As I've told you several times before, she publishes once a month this wonderful newsletter, the Financial Exploitation Newsletter. When I get it, I always read it right away. And if there's something that I think will be interesting and important for our audience, I always ask her to come on the show. And there usually is. Uh, I know I learn a lot from this newsletter, and I'm so glad that she's willing to come on our show and, and share her important information with our listeners. So the first two articles in this month's newsletter focus on how to stop unsolicited junk mail and also what I call junk phone calls, and we all know what those are. So all of us want to be able to stop those kinds of solicitations. And I thought this would be a good subject to review today with Judy. So welcome, Judy. So glad to have you here. The first thing I wanted to talk about was the first subject in your newsletter, which is something called DMA Choice. Now, I understand that this is a way to cut down on junk mail. So first of all, what is DMA Choice? Well, first of all, thank you for having me back on Scam Squad. Now, as for DMA Choice, which you can get to by going to dmachoice.org, it was an organization and it was created in 1971 and is called Direct Mail Association. And it was actually designed because consumers wanted to have less mail. So it has been created you can go online to the site dmachoice.org. As soon as you log on, you'll have the option to either do an online registration or you can mail it in. How does that work? If you don't have a computer, let's say, and you want to mail in something to join up for DMA Choice, how would one go about doing that? Well, I would recommend that you get somebody that uses a computer just mm -hmm. to go on dma.org and choice, dmachoice.org and, you know, print off, let, you know, let you see what that first page says. There is also a form that you, uh, that they can print out for you and you just fill in all the blanks. And if you're going to mail it in, you need to send in $3 as a handling fee. If you're doing it online, you can do it online for free unless you decide you want to be off the list for 10 years. And then that fee is going to be $2. And I've been told if you are going to send in the fee, if you're going to do this by mail, then you have to send in a check. Do not send cash. That is what I have been told. Never send in cash. You don't know if they get it or not. You can send in a check or you can go down and uh, get a money order, but that's probably going to cost you more than $3, maybe. maybe exactly. <laughs> so probably the best way is to do it online if you can, if you have access, and if you're familiar enough with the computer to know how to fill out those online forms. I, have, I sometimes have problems with that, I have to admit. 
what kinds of mail can you choose to stop getting? Are there categories? How do you decide what mail you no longer want to receive? Well, you do have options. So there are catalogs, credit offers, magazines, donation requests, retail promotions. There's also an icon on there for opting out. That takes you to a different link. And opt out happens to be for financial and insurance organizations that you want to opt out on. If you've been getting solicitations by insurance companies or other kinds of financial institutions, you can actually opt out of getting that kind of mail also, that kind of solicitation. Well, you can, but what they say is if you are a current company of an organization, let's say a financial institution, Mm -hmm. you need to contact them directly in writing. Although uh, most of the time, every year they send out opt-out notices and give you a free phone number to, to call, or you just notify them in writing that you want to be taken off of all mailing lists. Oh, okay. Well, that certainly would cut down on quite a bit of mail, I think, that I might be getting or others of us might be getting. You also mentioned in your newsletter that dmachoices.org will allow you to remove a deceased person's information, as well as allowing caregivers to make a request on behalf of individuals that they're taking care of. Now, I found this kind of interesting because my husband and I still get mail addressed to my deceased father-in-law. So this is kind of interesting to know. How do you do that? There is actually a link on the website on that first page. It's really easy to follow. You just click on the particular link that you want for deceased, for example. And it's important to remember that by you putting this information into the system to request this mail be stopped for a deceased or for somebody that you are responsible for, this is not a legal authority, but you're just requesting that they be taken off that name and address, be taken off the mailing list. And you can actually include five mailing addresses under your profile and it will affect all of them. Good to know. And I'm thinking when my father-in-law, who was actually a very brilliant college math professor, was starting to lose a lot of cognitive ability, good judgment, things like that, it would have really been nice to have been able to take his name off of some of these mailing lists when we were taking care of him because he had lost the ability to make good decisions about the kind of mail that he was getting. This service, it is very effective and quick. You can always use the snail mail way, and that is traditional mail. And when you get something in the mail, you don't even have to open it. You can just cross it out and write deceased or whatever and mail it back. Or I actually send the money for a stamp and I put it in an envelope and I say, remove me from this list. And they are required to do that. Sometimes I found it took a couple of times, but it's pretty effective. Oh, good. That's really a good thing to know about. So the other thing that you talk about in your newsletter is the do not call registry. Now, many of us have heard about this do not call registry. And some of us have signed up for it. Can you tell us what it is and what it is intended to do for us. The Do Not Call Registry, also known as a list, is operated by the Federal Trade Commission. FTC.gov is where you can find it. It gives you a choice as whether or not you want to receive telemarketing calls. 
On their site, you can go to www.donotcall.gov and you can register your landline and your cell phone. You can check your current registration and you can report unwanted calls. Okay, that's good to know. So you can add your name to the list by going online. Can you also add your name to the list by making a phone call? Or is there another way to do it? Again, for people that aren't computer savvy. Yes, if you don't have a computer, a request that somebody go online and just print out the front sheet. And Mm -hmm. there is a phone number that you can call and you can do it by phone. If you do it by phone, you have to be calling from the phone number that you want you have on that list. Otherwise, you'll have to do that online. Okay, that's good information to have. And is there a cost to get added? No, this is a free service. It really, you know, it's a good service, although it's important to remember scammers don't follow the law. But this, it's still very, very worthwhile to get on this list. Okay, good to know, because I have a lot of people who sort of question it and say, well, I'm still getting phone calls. How long after I sign up will it take for the sales calls to stop? They say that it's less than 90 days. So don't be too impatient if it doesn't happen immediately. That's really the lesson to learn there. Just be patient. It will happen. Okay. And will my registry expire? Do I have to re-up every year or so? It never expires. If you get rid of your phone, that number disappears because it's given to somebody else. And you can get off the list. You have to do that in writing. I believe you might be able to go online. But on ftc.gov, do not call registry. You can find all that information. There's a wonderful fact sheet that gives you lots of information. And I'm assuming I can add my cell phone to the registry because so many of us now don't have landlines anymore. We just use our cell phones. You can add your landline and your cell and you might have multiple and you can add them all. Okay. Remember, if you are making a phone call, you have to do it from each phone. That's good to know. Will the registry stop all unwanted calls? What kind of calls will the registry stop? That's also a question I get a lot. That would be so wonderful, wouldn't it? So what happened is the Federal Trade Commission put together a list of what telemarketers can do. And let's start with the list that they can't do. Telemarketers, legitimate telemarketers cannot call you before 8 a.m. or after 9 p.m. in your local time zone. They can't be deceptive or abusive or lie about any of the terms. They can't ask you to pay by Western Union or MoneyGram or ask for money pack type information. And they're also not allowed to ask you about your banking information. What the telemarketers must do, these are rules set by the FTC, Mm -hmm. they are required to connect your call to a sales rep within two seconds after you answer. They also must transmit their phone number at a minimum, so that comes up on your caller ID. They have to tell you right away who the seller or charitable organization is and what they're calling about. They have to disclose all information about the goods and services and the terms of the sale. And they have to get any permission from you if they're going to charge a particular number. What kinds of calls does this service stop? The service actually will stop all calls that are from legitimate sales organizations. Okay. And I understand there are certain calls that they will not stop. I recall that there are political calls, calls from charities, debt collection calls, purely informational calls and surveys. So this is really designed to stop sales calls from legitimate companies. 
So can we assume then that if you continue to get calls from companies trying to sell you something, that these are calls coming from scammers? That's very true. And you can go to that registry, that website, log on and file a complaint. And they actually do track those and they share that information with other law enforcement. They do something about it. Well, that's good to know. And that actually brings us to our good news for the day, which I also got out of Judy's wonderful newsletter. You may wonder what kind of penalty a business might incur for violating the do not call registry. Like, why would somebody even obey that? What happens if they don't? Well, here's what it says. They, the company, can be fined up to $43,792 per call. Now, that would add up to a lot. And Judy mentioned reporting these calls if one comes through to you. So why should you do that? The FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, which handles this do not call registry, takes this information and analyzes it in various ways to try and track down these scammers. So the more information they get, the better chance they have of finding these culprits. And that's why I'm always encouraging people to report scams to IC3, which is the FBI site, and to FTC.gov, which is the Federal Trade Commission site. And here's the really good news. The Federal Trade Commission is working to stop these illegal calls. The Federal Trade Commission has actually sued hundreds of people and companies responsible for making these calls and has forced them to pay more than $290,000 in judgment. And the FTC is also responsible for stopping billions of robocalls They work with other law enforcement agencies and businesses to combat robocalls and call spoofing, as well as developing more ways to try and block these robocalls, more technology. So it's definitely worth it to make a report because your report might have a real effect on the kinds of scams that are being perpetrated out there and the kinds of phone calls that our vulnerable population is getting. So, Judy, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show today and giving us this valuable information. We really want to get rid of all these annoying calls, and especially when some of them may result in our poor seniors getting scared. I have a warning for our listeners, too. A couple of times I've made the mistake of going online to get a pricing on something. So it may be life insurance or health insurance. You barely go in and put in your information and the barrage of phone calls starts. And I mean, two years later, I'm still getting them because I wanted to get some insurance quote and the phone calls just go out to every company evidently in the world. And it's very hard. I don't know if this would work for that, but it would be worth a try because I initiated it. Well, and as always, we want people to only answer calls that they recognize the phone number on their caller ID. If you don't Mm -hmm. know, let them leave a message. Even then, be sure to call a number you know. Right. Absolutely. Great advice as always. Thank you so much. Tune in next week to another edition of Scam Squad. Find out what to watch out for. And Vicki, would you give the fraud hotline number? I will. It's area code 805 568-2442. So that's 805-568-2442. Until next week. Bye-bye now. Bye, Bye, Patty. Thank you. Bye, Judy.